Hey guys, this is Jaquise. And it's Dallas. And welcome back to Don't Make It Weird. Episode 2. Episode 2. Thanks so much for listening to our first episode last week. We got a lot of great feedback, especially on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do have a top commenter of the week this week. The top commenter uh, for our very first episode happens to be my little sister, Jaquise. She commented on Facebook, The fact that Jaquise says he would pray during a zombie apocalypse is so disappointing slash hilarious slash totally him. Sad emoji face. Boy, you gonna die. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for commenting, Jaquise. She also left a comment about me and how there's normally massive groups of them and speaking of the zombies. And all it takes is for one to notice you and you're gone. But, you know... Knowing me, I like to take my chances, so I think I'd be okay. But that's our top commenter for the week. Last week, we discussed, we had our icebreaker, Mm -hmm. and then we discussed the parallels of truth, Mm -hmm. what is true versus what you were taught to be true versus what you've actually questioned to be true. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't checked out the first episode, go back and listen to that. It's still up on SoundCloud and iTunes. Mm -hmm. So this week, Jaquise actually has our icebreaker, so I'll let you take over. So I have a few uh, scenario-based questions that we're going to ask each other and also for you guys to think about uh, while you're listening. Uh, And so here's one that's fun and maybe some people may have already thought about before, but it says, do you think it's easier to be male or female? Today? I guess in today's time, yeah. You know, I don't know. I feel like there are advantages to being both. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, But in today's time, I think it's easier to be a man. Mm -hmm. And I only say that because, you know, I don't know. I honestly can't, I can't say which one is easier or worse. I would say that there are different pros and cons. On the women's side, there's a really big opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. At this current moment, there's a really big opportunity to step into um, bigger roles, like roles of justice, roles of activism, You've got a lot of opportunity in the workspace to be a woman in leadership or a woman of power, whereas in the past you probably wouldn't have that opportunity. Um, You also have, you know, as a woman, there's a really big revolution towards, you know, getting out of the workforce and going towards motherhood and taking care of the home. Mm -hmm. Uh, A con to that, though, you know, there's still the big power struggle. There's still the struggle for equal pay, uh, women's rights, reproductive rights. Um, and finding that balance between being soft and delicate and being a warrior woman. Hmm. But for a man, the man still dominates the power structure at this point in time. The man still holds most of the keys to our government, which holds most of the keys to our policies (laughs) and our laws and the way that the world works. So it's really easy for a man to use that power to assert dominance over women, which is why we're having these conversations these days. Mm-hmm. But on the same token, right now men are under a lot of scrutiny, a lot of scrutiny, because there are those power struggles that are coming to light, you know, and that disparity between men and women, how women are referred to by men, how women are treated by men, um, how women in the workplace are elevated versus men. And I think it has created a 
bit of a discomfort in the communities of, I don't know, powerful men. Okay. Men on the top of the totem pole to really step up and be accountable and to change the ways that things have been done. And change is uncomfortable for everybody. Mm-hmm. So right now in today's age, I would still be a woman because it's lit to be a woman right now. It's lit to be a woman. It really is. It's amazing to be a woman right now. And, you know, aside from, you know, going and protesting in the streets, I mean, there is just an uprising of reimagining what it means to be a woman. You know, if you don't want to work and you want to stay at home and raise your kids, like there's so much empowerment around that. Mm-hmm. If you do want to go to work and you don't want to have kids and you want to have a professional career and build an empire, there's so much support around that too. So I wouldn't trade. I see. I see. Quote, it's lit to be a woman. It's lit to be a woman <laughs> right now. It is. Can't forget that. Um, I, don't know, I, think, I, I feel like I've thought about this question before. I don't know. Some say it's easier to be a woman. Some say it's easier to be a man. I don't know. Part of me thinks it's easier to be a man just because, you know, and not having to do anything with power or equality, but just the way the body is set up. You know, women, y'all got a lot more going on biologically than we do. I mean, physiologically, I'm sorry, than we do. And so y'all got to have, you know, more checkups and doctor's visits than we do and you know it the just the uh genital areas takes a lot more care wow and so that's where your mind went it, first. it takes a lot more it's you just got to handle everything a little more delicately there's it's more complicated the system uh so your mind went straight for period i it's easier to be a man because women have periods that's essentially what you're saying period <laughs> And babies. Period babies. You know, women, you know, they got to have the babies. And, you know, it's just... mm. Yeah, your question was, was it easier to be a man? It's definitely easier to be a man. Still would want to be a woman, though, because... Well... Even those natural life cycles are lit. Like, I can create a whole human being inside my stomach and hold it there. And then bring it out, and it's a baby. Like, it's not like I'm giving birth to, you know, an egg. Like... It's a whole ass human being once it comes out of me. Mm-hmm. It's lit to be a woman. I mean, it is. It is. But, you know, and even with pregnancy, there just comes a whole lot that you got to do to yourself and you got to take care of yourself. There's can't things really. you can't do. You can do things you should <laughs> and should not eat. And it's just a lot of extra stuff to, you know, to worry about. And, you know, not, you know, dissing any who's pregnant or pregnancy pregnancy is beautiful i can't wait till i have kids you're um, not having any kids chickies i can't wait till i have kids not having any kids okay i can you, you, you cannot relate to the struggle i cannot relate to the struggle you know you that's why not i said with us shooting in the gym it, <laughs> well it takes two to tango but for, for those reasons simply i feel like it's it's easier to to just be a man you know that way you know, we're, we're simple beings anyways. We think simply, you know, we act simply, you know, go to the bathroom, just zip, unzip, there extremely you go. Simple. It's extremely simple. I, I don't think I would want to switch that. Okay. You know, though being a woman has its advantages in the world. So this one is a really, really good one. If you got to be any superhero you want, who would it be? Easy Batman. God dang it. Like, you should have known the answer to that question. No, you knew that was going to be my answer. 
no, I didn't. Uh, yes, you did. Because I'm the Batman queen of the world. You're the Bat. Okay. So here's the thing. I guess we can just both <clears throat> piggyback off each other then, we're, if we're both Batman. So, so I'm I gonna... could be Batman, and you could be Catwoman. No, I don't want to be Catwoman. <laughs> if anybody in the Batman universe I'd be, it'd be Poison Ivy. I'll follow up with that in a second. But Batman, it's easy. He's rich. He's handsome. He has a mansion. He has a butler. He's got a bunch of cool cars. He's got a nice fancy suit. He doesn't kill anybody, which you know is a con. But me personally, I don't think I could watch anybody die or kill anybody with my bare hands. So it's probably the best I'd be able to do anyway. You know, all of the villains in Batman are so cool. Like, they're all terrible people, (laughs) but they're cool as hell. There's that. Batman all the way 100% and I mean aside from Alfred like Mr. Fox <laughs> telling me I have a whole secret agent who makes me anything I want I just throw money at it at him and he just makes anything happen <laughs> Batman for sure <clears throat> well she said it for the both of us oh, no. um, Batman is officially the greatest superhero. I don't care what anybody says. If you want to fight me, you can inbox me on Facebook. I mean, yes. <laughs> or whatever. Yes, his superpower is being a rich white man. Also, <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that. There's, I feel like that's an excellent superpower. There are plenty of superheroes in the world. Apparently, plenty of Batmans in the world. Nope, there's only one Batman. <laughs> plenty of rich white men. One Batman, and yeah. he uses it for good. So I appreciate it. He does it. use it for good. I like him. But that's that. So which one you want to ask? Okay, let's see. Would you rather be deaf or blind? I think that I would rather be deaf. You know, because there's beauty in sight, there's beauty in sound, but I'd rather take the sight, you know, because there's there's so much to see, and there's so much to see within the things that you can see. And when I think of all my family, and I think of all my loved ones, and just the people that I know, you know, I don't want to not see them. I don't want to not see their faces and all that. You know, when when I see them after having not seen them for a long time, I want to see their smile, you know, and their faces light up. I want to see when cute girls walk by. <laughs> you know, I just don't want to rely on on my on, on my sight. I mean, I'm sorry, on my on my sound. Mm, I just couldn't imagine. There's just there's too much world out here to just to be blocked from it. What do you think? I'd also rather be deaf. Mm-hmm. I actually think being deaf would be an awesome alternative between the two. Because then that means I don't have to hear half the things I have to hear on a daily basis. If you're whining and complaining, I don't have to hear it. If there's a baby crying in the middle of a restaurant, I don't have to hear that either. I really, I just don't have to hear anything. We have captions, we have subtitles, everything is definitely more accessible mm-hmm. oh, that's good these days so I don't need to be able to hear anything I really don't your turn well I guess our last one here if a genie offered you three wishes what would they be I wish to never have to work again I wish to never have to worry about money and Oh, well, I wish for a genie for the rest of my life then, so I can just wish everything up. (laughs) Me, I would probably wish for 
<laughs> I don't know. I probably wish for uh, all the money that I want. I probably wish for I don't know. I'd wish up. Uh, I'd wish up sort of like a wish up my own business. I'd wish up like my own multi-million dollar conglomerate. I'd wish I owned Disney. That way I'd really be doing things. You'd be surprised the things that Disney owns. Do you really want all of that that comes with owning Disney? I mean, Disney's lit. Okay. All right, well, what's your third <laughs> Probably wish for uh, my very own fairy godparents so I can wish for whatever I want to wish for <laughs> when so, I want to wish for it. <laughs> we both took the more wishes option, God, which is dangerous. That's the smart thing to do. You saw that episode of SpongeBob. Remember when the uh, the ghosts gave him three wishes and <laughs> Patrick wish Patrick wasted all the wishes. No, we want five wishes. <laughs> Four wishes. Three. Take it or leave it. <laughs> three wishes. Anyway, that's it for our icebreaker right now. Stay tuned, we'll be right back with our deep dive for this episode. guys welcome back to our deep dive for this episode this week we'll be talking about lying and this question that we want to pose is it possible to live a normal life and never tell a lie of any kind when I hear this question I don't know the first thing I think about when I read it is what it really means to be normal because when I first read this question, or came across this question, that's the first thing I thought about. It's like, well, I thought, I think it's normal to lie. People lie, whether it's a white lie or a big lie or a lie in court, we all lie. And so I wasn't quite sure where they were getting at, you know, with the normal part. You know, if is it possible to live a normal life and never tell a lie of any kind? I think that it would be abnormal actually to to live and never tell any lie you know that's just weird I don't I don't I don't even know how one could go their whole life without telling a lie of any kind I don't know I don't know what do you think about that well when I read the question I literally glance over the word normal because I don't think that really see normal as being a big part of the question so I just kind of glance right over that mm-hmm. it really causes me to think about what a lie really is. Um, never tell a lie of any kind. Like you said, there are different varying degrees of lies, but we lie in childhood. We lie like as soon as we learn how to speak, we lie. And I was doing some research actually on psychology today about lying and the, the person who penned the article was talking about lying and the fact that lying is a self-preservation tool. Hmm. When you lie, it's because you're trying to protect yourself. Hmm. You, people don't inherently lie unless they're psychopaths. People don't inherently lie for the fun of lying. They lie because they are trying to protect themselves, which is self-preservation. Hmm. So a child 
you know, think about like when you were little. Me. Got the greatest story of all time for this. <laughs> my parents left the room with my little brother. Or they left the room. They left me and my little brother in the living room. Mm-hmm. They told me, Dallas, do not pick him up. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to hold the baby because I was reckless and, you know, got a heavy hand. I'm not allowed to touch the baby. Right. They leave the room and what do I do? I go and I pick up the baby. Because what? It's cool. Sorry, Austin. (laughs) Um, so as soon as they came around the corner from in the hallway after they were done talking, they noticed I had the baby. I dropped the baby. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I just decided... I decided it'd be better for me to drop the baby than for me to see them or for them to see me with the baby. And then when they asked me, Dallas, we told you not to pick up the baby. Why did you pick up the baby? I was like, I didn't pick up the baby. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and clearly, he just had a whole baby. I mean, he's <laughs> clearly landed on his head and is crying for Bloody Mary. So... Oh, God. Yeah, but, you know, mm-hmm. you tell lies because you want to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. As a child, you know, you're kind of taught, like, to use your words. So if I use my words and say I'm not lying, then theoretically I shouldn't be in trouble. However, that paired with actions and being caught in a lie are two different things. Mm-hmm. But even as adults, we do it. We lie all the time. Why do we do it? Because we want to protect ourselves. If I tell the truth, I'm going to be in trouble or something bad is going to happen. Yeah. So I don't think it's possible to live at all a normal or an abnormal life without lying. Because self-preservation is your number one goal in life. Your number one goal is to have a good reputation. Mm -hmm. Number one goal is to not make any mistakes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. And I think that just as humans, our number one instinct really is just to live and to survive. You know, and so it kind of goes into what you said, like to, to self-preserve ourselves, to watch out for us and to make sure that we're okay to keep us out of danger or hurt. It really teaches us how to lie. There's no, there's no course that you take. You know, there's no book that you read. We instinctively and genetically, we just know how to lie. And and it's just, and it's so weird. And it's so weird. It's not weird. We learn how to lie. Hmm. We learn how to lie. Okay. Because a lie is just saying the opposite of what's actually happening or what has happened. Mm Mm-hmm. We learn that lying is okay based on who we're around. Because as humans, we tell white lies. Who spilled the cookies over isn't as big of a lie as I didn't see who murdered that man even though it technically was my brother. Like, those are two different types of lies. Mm -hmm. But a child learns from that. Yeah, it's true. Who ate the last cookie? I clearly know dad ate the last cookie. Dad said he didn't, though. It's a frequent thing that happens in my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who ate the last of something? It's usually my dad. My dad usually says it's someone else. <laughs> you know, that's an instance. If True. there was a child in the picture, like a small child, they'd be like, I definitely saw grandpa eating the last piece of chicken, but he said he didn't. 
Mm-hmm. Therefore, if I get caught eating the last piece of chicken, I'm going to say it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And you know, in a lot of those moments, when I, when I think about moments like that, that I've had in my life, white lies, nobody really cares about. They tend to be blown over. But a lot of times they tend to be a joke as well. You know, like you said, who, who took a cookie? And I said, nobody can have a cookie yet. Or who took the last cookie? You know, somebody may lie and say they didn't, but they did. But it's not really a big deal. People may laugh it off. And a child, a baby, can see those reactions of people. Mm-hmm. And so they know lying is wrong, but they know in this type of situation it's okay to lie because people don't really consider it like that big of a lie. I don't know. I think I think it's small signals like that that teach children and toddlers and babies like how to lie. We 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 do teach you know uh, children more than what we think, a lot more than what we think. And I I actually wrote a paper about that one time. I forget what I called it or even all what I wrote about. Uh, but I did, you know, kind of write about that a little bit and basically just talking about, you know, how we do teach children and babies uh, unknowingly. We teach them habits. We teach them signs. We teach them words. We teach them actions. And even we teach them how to lie without us really knowing it. But this is the difference between, I think, occasional liars and you know serial killers Mm -hmm. the difference is accountability at what point do you start to hold a child accountable when does lying become too much you know when was when was it that you realized that lying was not okay anymore what was that aha moment do you do you know yours Mm. if you don't know yours that's okay because i definitely know mine tell me yours school I've never been good at homework I've been good at everything else Mm -hmm. I take I test really well I apply myself in class but when it comes to homework I've just always hated it like why do I have to do extra work at home when I could be enjoying my life we should be doing all this stuff in class Mm -hmm. anyway so there was a book report that I had to do as in the third or fourth grade I think I was in the fourth grade. My teacher's name was Miss Witherspoon. Miss Witherspoon was a black woman teaching in Hawaii who had a military husband. Okay? She was the only black teacher in the whole school. And besides me, probably one of the only five black people in the area at that time. Well, yeah, that makes sense. She didn't play no games. She was from Birmingham, Alabama. That's when I realized where Birmingham, Alabama was when she came to class. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for Mrs. Witherspoon because she didn't take no shit. Mm -hmm. Also, I didn't do my book report for Miss Witherspoon's class. And she sent home a note. And I can't remember really what happened to the note. I just know that I got a lot of spankings because I was supposed to do that book report. It was like the biggest grade of the year. And I just didn't even attempt to do it. Mm -hmm. And I lied. And I said that I didn't know about the book report or something like that. Like, just a stupid lie like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That Okay, yeah, here's the order of events. Didn't do the book report. I got a zero. It went in my folder. My parents saw it. I told them I didn't know anything about the book report. I, you know, go back to school. I still don't have a book report. 
And so Miss Witherspoon decides to write a note to my parents and give it to them. And that's when I realized that lying was bad because it was game day <laughs> on me. Like it was game day on my ass when when they found out that I knew about the book report, here's how long I knew about the book report, here's all I had to do for the book report, here's the book I had to do the book report on, signed Miss Witherspoon. Mm. And for the longest time, I was really mad at her. <laughs> I was like, how dare you ruin my life? But you know, and now that I'm older, like she did exactly what it is that I expect every single person to do with their child. Sure, sure. Or with children entrusted to them. And that's to hold them accountable. You hold that child to the fire until they feel it burn. <laughs> Ouch. Not until you burn them alive, but until they feel that it's hot, you hold them there as long as they need to be there to feel that it's hot. Because I promise you, Miss Witherspoon and that book report, I've never missed another book report. <laughs> I've missed some homework. I'm still not good with homework. Even in college, I wasn't good with homework. But at least I was accountable enough to say, just didn't do it. Mm. I didn't want to do it. It was never that I didn't know. <laughs> Same thing with spelling. Wasn't applying myself in spelling. I got one of the most memorable disciplines of my whole life. And from that day forward, I've learned how to spell everything. I've been to multiple spelling bees. Like, I've been a spelling <laughs> champ, okay? My spelling to this day is immaculate because of the discipline that I received okay. after lying. Two snaps. No, no snaps. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous that I couldn't apply myself before I was disciplined. But I think sometimes with children, until they're held accountable for their lives and feel the impact of what it feels like to be confronted with the truth sure they're gonna continue to do it mm -hmm. i know i would have well i i know that for me you know lying wasn't really like that big of an issue with me are you tell are you really <laughs> saying that right now like we yeah. had this talk two weeks ago about how you used to lie when yeah you get in trouble. i'm lying see i was a lying, you lying was right lying. now i know i was lying no you lying right now that's what i'm saying i know i'm lying i know it was just a lie but no i, I used to lie uh, a lot of times when I was a kid, you know, over some stuff. I, d I didn't really lie over homework, though. No, uh, you didn't. You I lied did. over bigger things. Yeah, I lied over, you know, more bigger things that I got in trouble for that, you know, I may save for another episode. And so when you <laughs> realized it was wrong. I mean, I, I kind of just always knew it was wrong. It was just, as I got older, I... Well, I guess here's what happened. I always knew lying was wrong, but... This was one instance, maybe back in third grade, I want to say, when I realized what telling the truth can really do for you, you know, even when you actually did something wrong. And so I was at home one day. I think I was in third grade. I was at home. We were living in Collinsville. And I know I was at home with my sisters and another friend of the family. And I did something. I, I, I ripped the carpet. I don't know what I was doing, but I ripped the carpet. And I was like, dang it. And I just knew my mom was going to be upset. I knew I was probably going to get a whooping. You know, my mom, she was quick for giving whoopings, too. It didn't take no time at all. You know, my mom giving a whooping, not a good deal. You know, I'd rather take a whooping from my dad, <laughs> you know, because at least his would get over quick. You know, my mom, hers were just long. She would tend to hit the same spot, like, over and over. <laughs> Gosh, they were horrible. But I, I didn't want that. Uh, and then who was babysitting us at the time? 
her name is Kathy. Shout out to Kathy. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Kathy. And she was with us, and you know, she saw me do it. But she was like, so, you know you need to tell your mom what you just did, right? And I was like, no. Why would I do that? That's dumb. <laughs> You're an adult. Why do, why do you think that's a smart idea? <laughs> and, and she was telling me, yeah, you know, you, you did something wrong, you messed up or whatever. And, but she explained to me how, well, if your mom comes home and she sees the carpet ripped like that, she's going to be upset. She's going to be upset because she's going to see it and she's going to ask around the house who did this. And eventually it's going to come back to you. And then it's going to be like, well, why did you do this? And then it's going to be a whole thing. Well, well, I did, but but I didn't know. And I just, I, and, well, why didn't you say anything when I came in the house? Well, I just, but, because I don't, but I don't know. But Jakay, she, you see, and that makes parents a lot more upset. But she explained to me, she said, Jaquise, I guarantee you, when your mom comes home, if you just talk to her and tell her what you've done, she will be a lot less mad. And she told me to trust her on that. She said, if you just tell her, she'll be a lot less mad. You still may be in trouble, but you're going to be in a lot less trouble than you will be if she had to find out about it. Uh, and so I tried it, and lo and behold, it was right. And, you know, and I, when my mama came in, as soon as she came in through the door, I just ran up to her, and I was like, uh, yeah, mom, so I... Kind of ripped the carpet in the room, you know. I'm sorry. And she was like, "What? How did you, Jaquise? How you ripped the carpet?" And I and I told her what was happening, what went on, and she was just like, Ugh. "All right, all right, just leave me alone." And I was like, "Oh, that's it." <laughs> and she and she was upset. She really was upset, and she came and investigated. But I didn't get on punishment or anything. I didn't get anything taken away. She was mad, but I didn't really like get in any real trouble. You know, she, cause, because she appreciated me just being honest up front. And so, and it was in that lesson when I realized the power of just being honest and telling the truth. And I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm glad I kind of realized that at such, a, at such a young age. But it still didn't help me from lying <laughs> at other times, though. Uh, but I'll never forget that. Like, that was one really important lesson, you know. And I even still think about that today, you know, when I do stuff or when I'm at home and I may have broken something you know, or did something wrong or broke something in my mom's room, you know, just, just go ahead and tell her before she has to figure it out. And it's, it's, that's actually saved me from a lot of trouble. Yeah, I mean, but that's still an example of an adult holding you to the fire until mm-hmm. you feel it's hot. And so Kathy's role in that was less of the confrontational side because you hadn't told the lie yet. Mm-hmm. On my end, like I had already spun myself into a spider web of lies, so my fire was a lot hotter than yours. Mm-hmm. But that's still holding a child to the fire to say, like, okay, you're, you're still gonna do what you want to do, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna be the one to make, like, to force your hand. I'm not gonna be the one to tell her. You have to be the one to tell her. Yeah, and and that's kind of how what she was like because she was our, she couldn't she wasn't gonna say anything. You know, if I wasn't going to say anything, she was just going to let me get in trouble however mm-hmm. I got in trouble. She was just going to let my mom find out, you know, but she really encouraged me just to just to be up front, you know, and I uh, and, and I appreciate that, you know, because even though even after she told me what she felt I should do, she was like, you can do whatever you want. I'm not going to say nothing. You know, she told me that she's not I'm not going to say nothing, you know, when she does come in. But I just think you should just go ahead and tell her. 
and uh, but you know, and I appreciate those kind of lessons. And there are many lessons like that where you know that she taught us, you know. And I, I liked her. She's a cool person. Yeah, two very different examples of how, I mean, all of us really should be holding our future because that's really what children are holding our future accountable. You know, I'm not trying to be in a funeral home with a society full of psychopaths. <laughs> I know you're not either. So you know. Yeah. When you when you have the chance, maybe you know, be accountable. If the web's already spun, then maybe you just put down a firm hand like Mrs. Witherspoon and recite the facts, or you encourage like Kathy yeah. if they're not already made it there yet. That you know, the existential wisdom that you have right now, whether it be you know just a small amount of wisdom that we have or lifetimes full of wisdom mm-hmm. to save them from a lifetime full of evading responsibility really mm-hmm. so we talked about childhood mm-hmm. but as an adult we still lie we do still lie yes and the interesting thing about this you know and i think i want to ask you too if you experience this but in my experience i experience less of lying to people and more of lying to myself it's like mm-hmm. when i <clears throat> when i stop telling lies to other people i started lying to myself about stuff which is really messed up and crazy. No, no. But it's just I mean, the small we do it. stuff. It's just the small stuff. And really, the biggest lies I tell are about myself, to myself. And I say them internally. I'm not talented enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not qualified enough. You know, or if a situation is not good for me, mm-hmm. it's not healthy for me, you know, what I'm eating isn't healthy for me, I'll lie and be like, oh... You know, it's a cheat day. It's been a cheat day for the past eight days, sister. It is not a cheat day. This has now become a habit, and it is also a problem. Get it together. (laughs) Or I'm not doing everything that I need to be doing to launch my passions or to further my success, Mm -hmm. you know, personally or in my dreams. But I'll lie and say, like, oh, it's okay. Like, we're just relaxing tonight. Or you can't do that anyway because you're not talented enough. It's like you are talented enough, but your work ethic sucks. (laughs) So get it together, you know. Do you lie to yourself in ways like that? Of course I have. Uh, And and in some ways I I, I still do. You know, whether we want to believe it or not, you know, everybody does it. And sometimes, you know, you don't, and sometimes you don't even really realize you're doing it until you really stop and think about it and think about the past trends or whatever. People, when they lie to themselves, a lot of times they don't realize it until the, until the effects of it have really, really built up. Because lying to yourself, it causes, it accumulates gradually. The effects, the debris, you know, in your life, it, 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 it accumulates gradually mm-hmm. and slowly and because i'm thinking about this cheat day and all <laughs> those pounds i could have saved mm-hmm. well like thinking about it in the past i mean right yeah. now it's not really a problem but like in the past when it's been three weeks of cheat days mm-hmm. and then i'm thinking about all that time i could have been in the gym mm-hmm. i think i think lying to ourselves most of the time i think it really stems from a couple of things not knowing yourself you know, not really knowing who you are 
and also not really knowing what you're capable of. Well, 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 that's just what I think. And, and, and listen, you know, when you, when, you, when you don't know for sure what exactly that you're capable of and what all you can do, sometimes with that, you kind of just, I feel like you get yourself into things sometimes that maybe you shouldn't. Because with knowing myself, I know that I can't do everything. And I know I can't do everything I may not want to do. And I know I can't sing as high as I may want to, and even maybe as low as I may want to. I can't act as good as one person or whatever. You know, I can't dance as good as another person or whatever. You know, and we all see and hear things and we say, I wish I could do this, or I wish I could do that, or I wish I could look like this or whatever. When the truth of the matter is, like, we can't actually do that, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not that we're not good. It's not that we're, we're nobody or we're not special or important or we're not talented or gifted. It's just that that's not in us. You know, that's our best is something different. Our excellence lies somewhere else. And so I may not be able to sing like Andre Bocelli or Donnie McClurkin or uh, what's that guy's name? Michael Buble. Buble. You know, great tenors. I would love to be able to sing as high and beautiful as them, but I can't. I'm a bass. <laughs> and even though I'm a bass, I still can't have such low range and a rich sound like uh, Paul Robeson, for example. I, I don't have it, but it doesn't mean that I can't sing. For what I can do and where I am now, I'm 22, I'm young. For what I got going, like I can do a pretty good job. And so I know my limits. I know my talents. I know my skills. I know my best. I know my best. Once you finally know your best, then you know how to operate appropriately in life. You save yourself from uh, overshooting or overworking yourself, uh, setting unrealistic goals for yourself. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that's why you got to know all that. You got to know who you really are. You got to know what your best is and what it is that's really in you. Because we compare ourselves to other people. We judge ourselves based off of who we look up to, you know. And and, and I was actually just telling one of my uh, friends the other day, a foreign exchange student, you know, from China. She was telling me, you know, how she needs to work out because she, she felt like she was fat or whatever. And she felt like she needed to lose weight. She didn't want to eat anything because she said, I'm fat and I need to lose weight. And I'm like, you're not fat. And she, she's really not fat. And I told her, and I said, you know, in, in this country, you know, there's a lot of stress that people put on body image, you know, and all that. And especially in the female culture, you know, there's a lot of talk about, girl, I can't wait to the summer till I get fine or whatever and this and that and, and all that stuff. And I told her, I said, you cannot let the things that go on here in this country affect your self-esteem like that. You know, and she's a, you know, she's a pretty short girl. You know, she's a real pretty Chinese girl. And I, and I told her, I said, you can't be trying to change your body, your body, just to try to make other people like you or just to try to fit in or to feel good about yourself. I told her, I said, you have to realize what it is about you. What is it about you that makes you different? I told her, there's a reason that we all look different. There's a reason why not all women have long, curly hair. There's a reason why all guys don't look like, you know, Idris Elba with the shirt off and whatever you see what I'm saying everybody looks different for a reason we all have our own individual characteristics and personalities for a reason 
And I told her, I said, you have to think about what it is about you on the inside that makes you unique in this world. Amongst your friends and amongst your family, what is it about you that makes you beautiful? What is it about you that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, that just makes you stand out amongst mm-hmm. people? What is it about you that makes people draw themselves to you? You know, and she started to think about those things and she was like, you know, you're kind of right. And so, and it, and it just, and, and that, that kind of made me think about that. You got to just know who you are. You got to know what you can do. You got to know what your best is. Otherwise, you set yourself up for failure. Well, I mean, I guess that's a really good way to summarize it. I agree and disagree with you and on the statement that when you know yourself, you don't lie to yourself as much. I agree, but I disagree. But I think that's more of a conversation that we should have on self-sabotage, which is something I definitely want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, But for as far as lying, yeah. So the takeaways here, my takeaway would be got to be accountable and we got to be more accountable to each other more accountable with ourselves and especially more accountable with our future aka children and then your takeaway is that you need to know yourself yeah know yourself know what you're capable of so that way you don't have an option to lie to yourself about what you are actually capable of doing yeah versus what you might just be escaping and telling yourself that you're not capable of but are fully capable of exactly Okay, well, good segment. Good segment. So we're going to close out this segment, and I'll be back in just a second with this week's affirmation. So for this week's affirmations, as we're nearing the end of January, the end of our New Year, New Me month, I feel like it's important to recognize that with extreme highs, they can also lead to extreme lows. Maybe at this point in the year, you've realized that some of the resolutions that you've set weren't focused, or you're experiencing obstacles. Maybe some of the things that you were very comfortable with in 2017 have started to release themselves from your life in 2018 so that it can create a bigger, brighter puzzle for your life that you just can't see yet. And it's frustrating, it's confusing, it's draining, it's exhausting. And I know this because I'm right here with you. And so I have some affirmations that I've been telling myself in this time of the year to propel myself into the greatness that is the rest of this year because this is not the tone that my year needs to be. This is not the tone that my year is destined to be. So I'm going to read these affirmations and I will give you some time in between for you to repeat either aloud or internally uh, because when you repeat these affirmations, you get the same benefits that I get speaking them to you. 
I am enough just as I am. I am bigger than my challenges. I have the power and the right to change my mind at any time. My worth is not determined by outer circumstances, but by my inner vision. I view all obstacles and failures as learned tools for greater success. I walk in my own truth, which is incomparable to others and should not be compared. My power is immeasurable and cannot be taken away. I am free from my current circumstance because I have all the tools I need to change it. I have the courage, determination, and drive to make my dreams a reality. I attract opportunities that are aligned with my goals, dreams, talents, abilities, and passions. I affirm that divine timing is always on time in my life. I am abundantly blessed. I am exceptionally grateful for my life and everything and everyone in it. I thank God for the opportunity to affirm all these things to be true. So whether you're feeling in a slump this week, like me, or whether you're riding that high wave of the new year, these affirmations will empower you to continue to move forward in the direction of your deepest desires and your highest goals so that you can achieve success in 2018. Jaquees and I will be back to wrap up the show in just a moment. All right, guys, that's the end of our episode for this week. We appreciate you guys for listening. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. We really appreciate the love that we've been getting from this episode. And we hope that we receive a lot more love from this episode as well. So do check out our Facebook page at Don't Make It Weird on Facebook. And feel free to comment, like our posts, like our pictures. Tell us what you thought of the episode. We really like to hear your feedback. And even if you want us to talk about certain things, if you have questions or ideas about the show, Feel free to email us at don't make it weird pod at gmail.com. Again, that's don't make it weird pod pod at gmail.com. But if you really, really love us, I mean if you really love us, share the link. Share this post to your Facebook friends, your family, your mm-hmm. co-workers. Mm-hmm. Share it to the random people you meet at a restaurant. Your baby mama, your baby daddy, you know. You know, you got to <laughs> co-parent the kids together. So, yeah, yeah, you're cordial with your baby parents, then share it with them, too. I mean, really, just share it with anyone. That is the biggest compliment to us as we, as we gain traction and try to reach more people. So, until next week, 
you know what we always say. Remember to say what you must, just don't, don't make, make it weird. weird. Have a great week, guys. Bye, guys.